What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Student Built Startups Podcast, episode 39. I'm your host, Cameron Stone, entrepreneur and marketing analytics student at the University of Minnesota Duluth. I interview young entrepreneurs to share their stories and business strategies. Now, I am super pumped about today's guest. He's going to be talking about user experience and how to create a product that is simple. He has designed and created his app, Fonz Music, which makes requesting songs on your friend's Spotify so much easier. Now, I encourage you to go check out his website, www.fonzmusic.com, to find out more after the episode. And I am super thrilled to be having the owner of Fonz Music, Didi from Fonz, on the SBS podcast today. Hey, Didi. Uh, I'm super happy to have you here on the Student Built Startups podcast today. I'll have you start off by saying hello to everyone listening and sharing one crazy but true fact about yourself. Hello, I'm Didi from Fonz. One crazy fact is my past job and kind of sometimes current, it's kind of part-time, is I work at a cemetery, um, mostly cutting grass, but I uh, actually did bury someone this past week. Wow, that is actually pretty crazy. Not many people, I don't think, get to say that they have buried somebody like that's uh that's quite a unique thing that you can say you've done <laughs> uh yeah no it's a it's it's not as strange as you think we, we kind of come up after the family leaves and whatnot but uh it is like, we we do put the body in the ground and it is uh it's an experience to say the least yeah. the first time rattles you but then eventually uh-huh. it's kind of just like a day job so you get used okay. to it yeah, that's that's pretty interesting actually you ever spend some time around nighttime at the cemetery or mostly <laughs> Uh, no, not really. We're there. Like, we used to be there early in the morning at like seven or eight. Okay. So then it's it, it's not really scary. Would gotcha. I go around night? I mean, just because of the part of town it's actually in, I I wouldn't because we have a, a few mornings we come in and there's people sleep, like homeless people sleeping inside. Oh, okay. It. And so you gotta, you gotta call the police. But so I yeah. I would not go. Not because of ghosts, but because of homeless people. <laughs> gotcha. Well, that's that's a, a better reason for for some scenarios. So, um, all right. Well, I'll have you start off by sharing a little bit of your background with the audience, such as like your education and kind of where your entrepreneurial journey began. Uh, yeah. So I graduated high school class of 2018, and so I took a gap year immediately after high school. Um, I ended up working at a startup company. Um, and it was just a healthcare staffing. I was a glorified intern. Uh, I was labeled a business analyst, but I kind of just did everything to help the sales and kind of help the general business run. And so that was a really good experience. And when I was there, we actually shared space with, um, Inrupt, which is a company founded by Tim Berners Lee. And for anyone who doesn't know, Tim Berners Lee is the creator of the World Wide Web. Um, so every time at the top of the page, it's www.google.com, he created all of that interface. Dang. And so he is like one of the most influential people of the 20th century. And so just meeting him and his new project about decentralizing the web kind of really inspired me to kind of get into development and kind of get into computer science. And so I was kind of already on the entrepreneur path or at least wanted to work for myself or start my own thing. And so once I met him, I knew that all the opportunity is going to be in development and encoding and in kind of computers. And so I, for that gap year, every evening I would teach myself um, an hour or two of computer programming. And so when I went to college, a Trinity College Dublin this past year, I had already taught myself everything. So I spent th- that this past year teaching myself web development. And so those are, that's kind of where I formed the basis on my skills as a de- developer. 
Awesome. That's actually a really cool school skill set to have, especially in the time we're living in today. It's like every business out there like needs somebody that has that kind of skill. So um, I think that was re- that's really cool. You were able to kind of teach yourself that. Um, uh, yeah, it's a lot of people are kind of scared of develop like of programming. It's really not that difficult as long as you're like comfortable with problem solving. Um, and you're willing to learn. Uh, if you kind of tell yourself, I'm going to suck at this, it's going to be awful, you're going to suck at this. But if you go in with an open mind and say, like, I know a ton of idiots who know how to program, it can't be that tough. It's it's going to be pretty easy, and, and you'll be surprised at how quickly you can learn. After, like, a year, I could program, like, like my own like a lot of different small projects, and I was, I was rattled at just how much I had learned in such a small amount of time. Yeah, that's that's really cool. Um, one thing I'm kind of curious about is working at that startup company, like how much did that influence you as far as like entrepreneurship goes and like deciding to take that path? Cause like I've never worked at a, a small startup company. Um, so I'm just curious kind of what that environment, uh, kind of looks like and how that can kind of lead you in that direction. Um, yeah, it was really good for kind of teaching you that you need to take your own initiative. So when you're in a startup or like any new business, there's so many different options. And so, I feel like the toughest part isn't even the execution. It's just which road to take. And so people don't understand just how many different like roads you can go down mm-hmm. and where you want to steer this. And so kind of seeing all the confusion and the, how quickly you need to change, that definitely experience helped. Also, I, I did have a job, but he was he's a serial entrepreneur, so he was very hands-off. And I really like that sort of management. And so mm-hmm. I've kind of taken that same approach in that – I'm not going to micromanage you, make sure you get this done, make sure you get that done. I just, I'm going to do my very, very best to get the best fuel for the job and then let them do the very best work they can. Awesome. That's great. Um, so I'm super excited to hear about Fon's music uh, and kind of where that started and kind of the process that, that looked like getting that going. So if you want to share a little bit about that and kind of the story behind it, that would be awesome. Yeah, I'll start just to kind of explain what Fon's music is. And so basically... It's a uh, simplified way to cue songs to someone else's Spotify. Um, so, for example, say you're at a party um, and you want to cue a song. Instead of having to go up to the host and say, hey, can you throw this on for me? Or, hey, can I cue a song? Um, with our kind of app, as well as our product, a Fonz Coaster, you can simply walk up to the Fonz Coaster, tap it uh, with an NFC with your phone, and then search up a song and tap it again. And it'll automatically add to your host Spotify queue, almost like a jukebox. Um, and so I actually came up with this idea about this time last year um, at college. I'm, I wasn't a big drinker, so I'd always have people over for uh, tea parties. Basically, we just kind of sit around and have a, have a chat over a cup of tea as uh, we were in Ireland. So we had to kind of act the part. <laughs> um, and I love music and I love listening to new music. And so I'd always encourage my friends to play new songs or kind of share what they were listening to at the time and so when there was just a small group of people it's kind of manageable to pass around your phone but as soon as it's more than like kind of six or seven it's it's really annoying that you one never have your phone on you as well as people always asking and kind of interrupting oh hey can i play this or can you play this for me and so i kind of wanted the solution and so um i came up with like a tentative kind of solution and then over this past summer with the pandemic um i was I'm friends with a lot of like very bright uh, computer science oriented students as well. Mm-hmm. And so we decided we're going to start just do a summer project just for the few months we had. Um, and 
we went through about 60 ideas just one by one and it was i don't even know how to describe it, like a hodgepodge of diff- different ideas and at the end this the idea of fun's music of collaborative queuing actually was the one that we decided on and so i have my, like maybe the best team possible so i my friend dermot who he's uh he has He's 20 and he has six years of computer science experience. He's been consulting in the computer science space for since he was 14, Dang. which is absolutely absurd. So he's <laughs> almost like having like a, a senior level developer on the team. Um, then I have my friend Benji, who's uh, a graphic designer. If you checked out any of our, like our website or Instagram, you can kind of see, um, just what he creates. Cause it's being a, a, like a, a company focused on students we want to give off the kind of casual vibe and that, like we're mm-hmm. friendly and we, we we know our our audience or and so he has been able to do that spectacularly and uh, i'm just really impressed and then the fourth member of the team is uh, my friend jay and he's very business-minded he's he's won a lot of competitions for that and so he's kind of taking on the accounting and the legal and all of that sort of that part of the business which has been awesome yeah that's that's really cool actually because not too many people that I interview actually like go in detail like their team or if they have a team. So this is really cool to kind of hear how you were able to reach out to other students at your school and kind of use their strengths to form uh, a group around you that can highlight specific areas. So I think that was a really uh, kind of effective way of going about it. So I did. Uh, yeah, no, and like I was saying earlier, it's the team is kind of everything. And so mm-hmm. I'm just like so grateful that, that I have them with me because like for the graphic design is I can kind of see if something's beautiful, but I can't create it. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that Benji can actually create something like that and the same with kind of the accounting, the legal and all mm-hmm. that, that minutia, I kind of get lost in that. I'm much more big picture kind of vision. And so having Jay on, on the team is, he's an absolute asset. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and the, the, the coaster thing that that's something that's really like intrigues me because um, I get what you're saying, like the pain point of having to pass your phone around so much and like having it decentralized. I'm curious as to like how you guys came up with like the idea of an actual coaster versus some other object. Um, yeah, so I, it was a few things. So one, all we need is an NFC chip An NFC chip, um, is in, it's in your phone. It's in every major credit card and it's only about two millimeters by millimeter. So it's really small. And so Realistically, we could have put it in anything. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason we went with coaster is because we kind of at first envisioned it would be for kind of parties. And so if it's a coaster, we, we can one emphasize that it is waterproof and that it's party proof and that it's going to be durable for kind of the scene it's, it's expected at, mm-hmm. um, as well as it's, it's extremely portable and lightweight. Uh, we, we would like it to have like, to, we would like it to be say the centerpiece of a room or whatnot, but we also want to have the portability that you can take it in the car, it can fall, you can bring it to the beach, you can bring it anywhere and it's still going to, to work perfectly. Yeah. And it doesn't cost $60 to ship it somewhere. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, um, let's move into talking about some about some of like, uh, business details and kind of sharing that kind of stuff. So, um, what are a few of the, uh, most important things to keep in mind when you're designing something that customers will use? And we're jumping ahead um, a little bit, but <laughs> yeah, sure. My number one thing is absolutely user experience. Um, there's a lot of services, products, and even websites I just won't even use just if they're not user friendly. Um, I think it makes the biggest difference, and that's where you can kind of tell um, a company that really focuses on their consumer and on their product 
versus one that just kind of focuses on like making money. It's just if you can make the product really simple to use as well as just have a good experience, I think that makes a world of difference. And I, I think as someone who creates things, I, I just think it, it ought to be the number one priority. Yeah. I mean, I think that's actually a really good point because like I, I'm not a huge like designer person. I That's not like my, my main thing. But from like a user uh, perspective, I can say that like a lot of like different products can be marketed really well and get a lot of people to try them. But the whole fact of like when you try it, if you like it, like that's going to determine like if you continue to use it or not. Uh, yeah, especially because for us, our target audience is going to be drunk college students. <laughs> and so if we don't make it as extremely user friendly as possible, then um, it's not going to be used in its most basic functions. And so that when I was developing the app, that was my number one priority is can a drunk college could use this and may have it make sense. And so I, I'm quite I'm pretty sure I've been successful. Just I, I have a very simple layout where you swipe one way to connect a coaster and swipe another to cue a song. Okay. And so. You don't really need to find where you're going. It, it, like, we walk you through the process. All right. What are a few of the most important things to keep in mind when designing something that customers will use? I, I'm going I'm to emphasize this again, just the user experience. And so emphasize and kind of make it usable for the dumbest user possible. Um, my kind of motto is if someone else can't figure out your product or service, that's actually your fault. It's not because the user is dumb or stupid or can't figure it out. It's because you haven't made it simple enough to do that. And when you kind of think about like the best products, like Apple is often considered like the best in user experience. And that's just because um, it's very intuitive and that you can kind of see and you can tap. And even uh, I think in 2007 or eight, when Steve Jobs was coming out with the iPad, I believe he was in Turkey. And this is I, I read his biography and I'm, I'm a big fan of his. Um, and so he was in Turkey and he gave an iPad to, I believe, like an, an 11 year old, just like local boy. And the boy, even though he had never seen it before, I'd never seen an iPhone, never seen anything, he immediately knew how to use it. And that's how he knew that it was extremely user-friendly and that anyone can get the hang of this. Yeah, that's actually really, really interesting. Kind of like a, a good test of usability is giving it to somebody who like would not be able to easily, intuitively pick something up. And if they can pick it up, other people will enjoy using it if it's easier to figure out. Yeah, absolutely. And, that, and that's when you get the most uh, like response or people to continue using it. Um, I mean, there could be an argument that if you make it complex, that certain people will then kind of just get used to it and they'll need that. But I think when you're bringing on new, either clients or just new customers, you want it you want it to be something they want to use and they don't just throw away and have to return because they can't figure it out. Because although I might be tech savvy, um, most, most, the vast majority of people aren't. And so don't get caught up in the fact that since you understand what's going on and how it works, that everyone else does because most of the time they don't. Yeah. That's, that's actually a really important point to emphasize there because like I do a lot of like data analytics work. And when I'm talking to other business people that aren't super familiar with like data analytics stuff, it's sometimes you have to remember that not everybody knows all of the like technical um, side of things and uh, you have to kind of change your messaging and change the uh, kind of way that you lay out everything to make it easier to understand from the surface level. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, so one thing I'm kind of curious about is uh, how like an app like this does like marketing for it. Cause I've never interviewed somebody who has built an app yet. And uh, the marketing for this, I'm assuming is somewhat different. And I know you mentioned that you're not 
super down the rabbit hole of marketing yet, but as far as like a, a baseline kind of where you're at now, I'm kind of interested to hear about that. Um, yeah. Uh, so marketing definitely for us has been the most difficult part. And I think it's, it's oftentimes the most difficult part, especially for kind of computer science or people. Uh, we tend to think that if we build it, they will come. And that is certainly not the case. Um, I think our goal is just going to be show, don't tell okay. and just demonstrate big picture what it does. So we don't need to kind of show exactly how the app works to the first first impression or like which way to swipe, which way not to swipe. We just want to show what it can do. And because our product is a mixture of a physical coaster as well as an app, um, if people just understand the concept behind it, I think that alone will kind of get them to sell themselves. Um, they'll sell themselves on the fact that they can cue a song without uh, like annoying their host or without having to like ask permission. Um, and I think we're just going to focus on that rather than focus on how quick our app is or how smooth it is and just focus on really the problem we solve. Yeah. And I, I think your product almost has like an intrinsic like marketing system built within it because it's designed for like parties and whatnot. So if one person, you know, the host has their, their coaster and he's going to tell everybody, Hey, uh, get this app, you know, so everybody's there going to get the app from then. And then they might go out and buy a coaster for themselves. And it's almost like a, like super powered word of mouth marketing yeah. <laughs> built in. I, especially if we weren't in that COVID times. So yeah. although the States is quite back to partying, at least I am, but I know in Ireland, they're actually back to complete lockdown. Uh, and so like all stores are closed, shops, gyms, everything. And so we kind of wanted to make that our number one market just because that's where we all live. And it's really easy to kind of kind of have a presence there. And that has actually been the toughest place to kind of promote us because they're, like, there's no yeah. kind of word of mouth right now because no one's really leaving their homes. Yeah, I could definitely see how, how that would put kind of like a, a little bit of a barrier up yeah. um, for your product. But I'm, I'm sure as soon as things are heading in the right direction and things will pick up yeah. and people will start gathering more, which will, yeah, ab absolutely. Which will definitely help. Um, so if there's some people out there that are listening right now and they're looking to create a business, uh, based on an app platform, cause kind of like as the centerpiece of their business, what would your one piece of like actionable advice or kind of, um, advice for, to get them like moving in the right direction be? Um, my number one thing is always just solve a problem. So, the thing I love about computer science and development is it basically just opens up the toolbox. And so as kind of entrepreneurs and as like business people, like our number one objective ought to be just to solve a problem. And if we solve, if we solve a lot of problems for, or, sorry, if we solve a really big problem for a small amount of people, we become wealthy. If we solve um, a small problem for a lot of people, we become wealthy. And then if we solve a big problem for a lot of people, that's when you become Jeff Bezos or Steve yeah. Jobs. And so just kind of focus on solving a problem. Uh, the reason I love computer science is because they're just tools. And so if I never studied computer science and development, I would have never known about the technology that is NFC. Um, and then also there's so many different kind of components and tools in my tool now that I have because of my experience with it. And so even if you say you think of a problem and you're trying to think of a creative solution, if you have a background in say Bluetooth or in Wi-Fi or in NFC or even app development, web development, there's so many different options. And so as an entrepreneur or business person, um, you don't necessarily need to code, but I think it's really important and beneficial if you can kind of 
find a way to know what's possible and then get the, the smartest people in the room to then implement it for you. But if you don't even know what's possible, then the potential solutions you can find are like you, you don't have as many tools in your tool belt. That is, that's actually, that's making me think quite a bit. That's, that's pretty good. Cause I know a lot of entrepreneurs are super focused on like learning one, like really specific area and using that um, really effectively, which I think that's important to kind of have, you know, a, a strong focus, but going out and kind of learning different things and kind of getting a, a bigger tool belt, as you mentioned, uh, that's a really great way to put it. It gives you more understanding of like what's possible and what tools there are. And I can definitely see how that would help you find those solutions to all these problems that are out there. So uh, yeah, that's kind of the way I look at it because there's actually a few like other competitors to us, but all of them are just under some app based. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like you kind of lose something when there's no that like kind of physical touch or the physical connection or and especially the scene. Um, if it's just an app, you could be at a party and everybody could be using this new feature, this new app, but you'd have absolutely no idea. And so kind of just centralizing it, um, still in a decentralized way, but centralizing it at a specific party so that everyone can kind of see, oh, this person's keeping a song. I think that adds a lot to it. And we would have, we could have solved this problem a million different ways, but I think using NFC was kind of the best way to solve it. Yeah, no, I, I'm really actually thinking this is, it's a really cool, uh, kind of product and, and service. I don't know. Do you classify it as a product or like a service or? <laughs> um, it, yeah, it, it's, I would probably, I suppose a product, but it, yeah. I mean, my, again, as an entrepreneur, all I think about is it, the problem it solves. Yeah. And so I kind of just want to focus on that. It does solve a problem and that, that's yeah. what I'm most pleased with. Gotcha. Cool. Um, so we can go ahead and move on to the fast five sections. So I'm just going to ask five sections and uh, we can go through them kind of fast and see see how, how that goes. <laughs> uh, so what's the most valuable learning experience that you have had? Uh, yeah, so in high school, I took Latin and I don't speak a lick of Latin anymore. But <laughs> one of my teachers, um, he loved to talk. One of the, the points he emphasized just throughout the year was that the worst thing that I can say is no. And I mean, that's why I'm on this podcast is because I reached out and said, oh, hey, awesome podcast. You could have had a million listeners. You could have 10. I was just like, hey, I'm really interested in. And so a lot of people are kind of scared to ask because of the backlash or they're scared to do something because they think it will make them look bad. And I think you just have the attitude. The worst thing they can say is no. And that is the worst thing they can say. Uh, I think it kind of opens up a lot of doors that most people think are closed. Yeah. And now, now you got me trying to think of like, what could I have said that would have been worse? than that? <laughs> I don't know. I can't think of one that fast. Um, so is there one book that you would recommend? Um, yes, but I'm going to give you two. Uh, okay. So my favorite book is How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Um, I think it just, it's how to be good with people, which is not only just an amazing life skill, but also a very good sales skill is that if you kind of understand people and kind of get people to kind of do what you want without mm-hmm. offending them or without pushing them, um, it's, it's just extremely valuable and working at a restaurant and using the skills in that book, I kind of fine tune them and, uh, I'm really glad. And the second one for entrepreneurs is uh, ready fire aim by Michael Masterson. And so instead of ready aim fire, it's ready fire aim. And so his point is just get started. And so, yeah, you're not going to have the perfect product idea, not going to have the perfect version, not the perfect content for your podcast or whatever you want to start. But as long as you do get started and get the ball rolling then you can fine tune it, then you can make it better, then you kind of see what works and what doesn't. But then one thing is just start. 
yeah, those are I've I've heard great things about both of those books, and they're both on my my to read list. So <laughs> awesome. Um, so how what is one uh, business tool that you recommend? Um, this is kind of a funny answer. We actually don't really use that many business tools. What we use is Discord. And so Discord, if you're a gamer, you're very familiar with it. Basically, it's kind of like Slack for gamers, um, but they've up- upgraded it quite a bit, bit in the most recent years. And so not only does it have different channels for conversation, kind of just putting out ideas, but also you can video call, um, voice chat, or voice call, and now share your screen. And so as a group of developers, if I need to have a question on code, it is extremely valuable to be able to share someone's share your screen so you can kind of get on the same page. Um, and so plus it's free and we all use it anyways. And so it's kind of the perfect solution for what we need right now. Yeah. Discord is something I started using a little bit earlier this year too, and I've never heard about it. And it's actually really quite useful. It's more useful than I thought it would be. <laughs> oh yeah. It's, it's fantastic. Um, again, our computer science course, we, we made a group discord just to kind of chat and talk about our, our courses and then since then it's it's kind of taken a like, mind of its own it's, yeah it's, it's an awesome platform yeah it definitely is um so how do you go about like scheduling your time and planning things ahead um this is definitely something i need to work on um on my gap year i was i was fantastic i would wake up every day at 5 30 go uh, go to the gym then go into work in boston and then come back an hour on computer science an hour on french and then usually just go to bed um Recently, I haven't been too good, but I think at the very least, what has helped a lot is at the end of every day, at the end of every workday, just write down what you need to get done the next day. And so that way, when you do sit down and get work done, you know exactly where you're doing. The worst thing you can do is kind of sit down and be like, okay, what do I need to do? Because when that happens, you're going to spend 20 minutes on email, another 20 minutes kind of walking around thinking, oh, what's more important? What's more important? If when you're still in like in the mode at the end of the day and you're kind of preparing yourself for the next day and you can kind of say, okay, Dermot, this is what you need to get done. That's when you're going to be really effective. Yeah. Uh, and that's honestly the, 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 the first part of that was the most common answer we have is like, it's something I need to work on. So you're not alone yeah. in that, which I think we all, everybody almost could use to work on a little bit. Um, and I do agree with you though, that writing down, uh, stuff that you need to do for the next day, the day, the night prior is like super helpful. Uh, yeah. So what is the number one thing that drives your motivation? Um, yeah, so I have a little sister. She's 13, and she's kind of like everything to me. And so we're super close, which is I'm really happy about. And so I kind of just want to show her that, like, I'm just a regular dude, but, like, you can still do incredible things as long as you're very disciplined and kind of just have a focus. Um, you don't need to be some brainiac or some genius who's, like, just absolutely gifted. You can be a regular person and still do extremely well and kind of accomplish whatever goal you set for yourself. I think that's actually, that's a really good, like noble, like, <laughs> like good hearted thing to have driving your motivations. So that's awesome. Um, so before I ask the last question, where can we find more about you and your business? Um, yeah. So I'd say most of the people listening to the student built podcast would, are on Instagram. And so I recommend finding us at, at use Fonz. And so Fonz is spelled F O N Z. Um, you can also check us out on our website, uh, fonzmusic.com. So F-O-N-Z music.com. Um, but, uh, if you want to kind of stay updated, we're trying to start a community and kind of just show that we are just a group of college kids with a startup. Uh, we're not like this, like venture capital funded. Like this is just us, uh, in our kind of free time, like very passionate about this project. And so we kind of just want to share that with us. And that's, 
you can find us on the Instagram to kind of follow us. Awesome. And everybody listening, make sure to go follow them on Instagram. They actually have some cool videos up there demonstrating their product. Um, well, Didi, it was great having you on the podcast. And uh, to wrap things up, I'll have you provide one main takeaway that you would like the audience to walk away with. Um, again, if you're designing anything, uh, focus on user experience. And then my number one thing is, as an entrepreneur, just solve the problem first. And then as soon as you solve the problem, that's that's when you can kind of focus on everything else. Awesome. Yeah, that was a great takeaway. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you, Cam. It's been awesome. Yeah. Well, I guess that wraps it up for this episode, guys. I am really glad I was able to share Didi's story with you guys. And uh, thanks again, Didi, for being on the show. I really appreciate it. You shared an awesome story and your product is truly ingenuitive. And of course, if you are listening to this right now, you cannot even comprehend how much I truly appreciate you listening to this, showing support, and sharing this podcast with your friends. We've actually been seeing some really great growth since I've relaunched the podcast, so I'm super thankful for all of you listening. Make sure to hit that subscribe button if you want to hear more amazing entrepreneurial stories and advice, and I really encourage you to go check out the website studentbuiltstartups.com. Thanks again, and I will catch you on the next episode.